there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. So we've been looking at a valuable member of the church who is number one, a consistent attendee, number two, a consistent giver, number three, a consistent worker, and last Sunday we looked at a consistent disciple of Jesus Christ. And today I want to finish by looking at a a consistent marketer of the church. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. What do you think? So a valuable member of the church is a consistent marketer of the church and what the church offers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, companies are constantly fighting for consumers' attention. And that's why they are spending a lot of money on advertisements to be able to get the attention that they need from their customers. When you look at the TV or the television uh, and you're watching a program, watching news or watching a movie, it will be interrupted by a barrage of advertisements, isn't it? When you go to the social media, whether it is IG or Facebook or Twitter, you will see a lot of uh, advertisements. Or even YouTube, you will see a lot of advertisements. And what these companies are doing is they're trying to entice as many people as possible to buy into their product or uh, solicit for their services. According to the Ad Age annual leading national advertisers report, it it, it says that the top 200 advertisers in the U.S. spent a record $163 billion on just advertising or advertisements in the year 2018. The biggest ad spender in that year was the media giant Comcast with $6.12 billion, followed by AT&T with $5.36 billion. Please, we're not talking about Kenyan shillings. Dollars. And that was Amazon with $4.47 billion. Now, if you calculate that into Kenyan shillings, that's a lot of money. They spent all these monies to try and increase their visibility around the world. They wanted to reach every man under the face of the earth and convert them to become, you know, their customers or people who could approach them and buy their products. I remember one time... um, I was traveling to Nairobi and I was using public means before I got a car. Everybody has a story here. You know, sometimes when you see somebody driving, you would think they were born with a car. We were not born with cars. We acquired cars along the way. So if you don't have a car, please don't be discouraged. That should encourage you. That somehow, one of these fine days, you will also buy a car in Jesus' name. And so I was traveling from Bungoma, coming to Nairobi. I think I was coming to do something here. And I boarded a bus. And it was a country bus. Destination was Machakos, bus station. 
And along the way, there's a guy who stood up in the bus, and he started giving us a story. In fact, in, initially, I thought he was uh, like a preacher or a pastor. But he started giving us a story of the driver who is driving us. And he told us that all of us here, we are in this bus, but we are hoping to arrive at our destination. We want to arrive. And we said, yes, we want to arrive. And then he told us, you see, the driver who is driving this bus must be very careful because the road that he's driving on is not straight. It has corners. It has bumps. It has potholes. And so he has to be very alert. And then he says, he told us that his arms have to be very steady on the steering wheel. He has to drive. And at some point, if he gets tired, he might cause an accident and all of us might die. And then he said, if you are the driver, will you want to be strong? And we all say yes. He said, if you are a driver of this bus and you are to come back, will you want to reach Nairobi while you are still fresh and then drive back while you are still fresh? We all said, yes, we want to be strong and fresh. Then he said, I can help you. Say, hey, how can you help us? He reached out into his bag and he removed a concussion. <laughs> By now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you are lost. How many already know what I'm talking about? So he explained that especially men, they get tired when they are driving. And a lot of men don't arrive at their destination because they get tired. So he said he has medicine. Oh, is when now you're getting it. By the time he was getting to that point, all of us were just laughing. How he had tricked us. We bought into his story. And by the way, because of how clever he was, a lot of men in that bus bought the product. Because every man wants to arrive. Not tired. And not just arriving, he wants to come back. <laughs> if your neighbor is not getting it, I cannot go deeper than that. That's enough. Who said linger there? <laughs> so you can see that people are very intentional about marketing what they have or what they believe in. And so I believe with all my heart that also we need to have church marketers. We need to have people in the church, believers in the church, who have the skill the commitment, the confidence, and the boldness to go out there and talk about the church and what the church offers. We have to go out to the world and speak about or speak well concerning our church, speak well concerning the church and what the church offers to the dying world. As I was preparing this, I did a uh, 
some study to see what is happening around the world. And I stumbled on an article on Christian Today about a hundred million dollars ad campaign. Which aims to make Jesus the biggest brand in cities. Now this ad has already started running on YouTube. And it is wrecking millions of views. The ad targets millennials and Generation Z. Do you know Generation Z? Generation Z are the Zoomers. Not the ones who use Zoom. It's the generation after the millennials. They are called the Zoomers. And the message is carefully crafted exhaust, reach this generation and disseminate what Jesus did while he was here on earth for mankind. Now, you can see that there's already a stirring even in the body of Christ concerning talking about the church and talking about what the church offers to the world that surrounds us. Ladies and gentlemen, we need kingdom salesmen. We need kingdom marketers. We need men and women who will consistently go to the streets, go to the neighborhoods, go to our neighborhoods rather, go to the malls, knock on doors, stand by the roadside, go to the markets where people are and market the church and what the church offers. Why do we need church marketers? Is because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a better product than what the man in this bus I was traveling in was offering to us. We have a better product than soft drinks that are being offered by companies left, right, and center. We have a better product at what, than what the banks are offering us. We have a better product than what companies are offering unto us. We have Jesus. We have the good news. The good news of salvation. We have the message of healing and deliverance. That the world needs. So we must go to the highways. To the byways. Talk about the church. Talk about what the church offers. Talk about the message that Jesus came to preach. So that the world may be saved. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. I hope you are a great marketer. Of the church. Now, only those who consistently market the church and what it offers are the ones who become valuable members of the church. Now, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. He says, Therefore, or go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus wants us to go. Somebody shout go. Shout it again, go. So he wants us to go where? To the nations. Why? Because we have a product. And the product is salvation. The product is the church. The product is the message of forgiveness. And he wants us to go and reach out to the nations. Go to the highways, to the byways, 
go and reach all these 42 plus tribes in our nation, in our country. Go out to them. Sell to them this product. Talk to them about this product. Let them buy into this product. Let them subscribe to this product. Let them live according to the principles of this product. Let this product become part and parcel of their lives. That's why he says, teach them. Teach them to observe everything that I've told you. So we have to go. We have to go and market Jesus. We have to go and market the church. We have to go and advertise Jesus. We have to go and advertise the church. And so as a believer, I want you to know when you get saved, you automatically become a kingdom salesman. You become a marketer of the church. And that's why you must go. You must go. You must go to the neighborhood that you live in. You must go to your friends. You must reach out to your colleagues. You must, you must reach out to your neighbors. You, have, you must reach out to your schoolmates, to your workmates. You have to go. Look at your neighbor one more time and tell them, you must go. So let me give you reasons why believers don't market the church and what it offers. Number one is fear. Many believers are afraid. When the pastor announces the need to go out there and market Jesus, many church members chicken out. They say, that is not for me. That is for evangelists. That is for uh, Pastor Renson and his group. Or that is for those people who have fire. Me, I don't have fire. My fire is growing. I need 10 years for me to get to a place where I'll have fire to go out there and do outreach. So they are afraid to, you know, reach out to unbelievers and market Jesus and talk about Jesus, talk about church. They are afraid to invite people, you know, to, to the church. You see, if you're a salesperson and you're afraid, you will never sell your product. If you're a salesperson and you're afraid of people, you're afraid of their faces, you will never sell your products. You will go home with your product. We have to overcome fear for us to be able to market Jesus or market the church and what the church offers. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25, the Bible says, The fear of man brings us near, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. When you are a victim of fear, it becomes a snare to you. When you succumb to fear, you can never go and talk to the world, to the nations about Jesus Christ. Only those who have overcome fear have the ability, have the confidence, have the boldness to go out there and advertise the church in the community. Secondly, people are not able to go and market the church because of shame. Some believers are just ashamed of Jesus. They are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are born again. They come to church. But they are ashamed to participate in any activity that will market Jesus and the church. I call them undercover Christians. They hide and they don't want to be seen as if they belong to God or they belong to the church. They don't want to associate themselves with church activities. These are the people who will never go for outreach. These are people who will never let even the people who live, you know, around them know that they are born again. They will always hide their identity. Their friends don't even know they are born again. Their parents don't even know they are born again. Their colleagues don't even know they are born again. 
when they come to church on Sunday, they wrap their Bible in a newspaper. They are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can wear any other t-shirt, but not for church. I'm preaching. Am I talking to somebody here? They can wear a t-shirt for stand chat. They can wear a t-shirt for zero marathon. Is it called zero marathon? Beyond zero, not zero marathon. Beyond zero, they can wear a t-shirt for a bank. They can wear a t-shirt for Arsenal. They can wear a t-shirt for Man U. They can wear a t-shirt for any other. But when it comes to church, anything to do with church, they cannot wear it. Because they are ashamed. They don't want anybody to ask them, oh, so you go to this church. So they will always wear any other thing that will make them operate as undercover Christians. Ask your neighbor for me, how many t-shirts for the church do you have? And they are working. They are in good condition. And then ask them, how many do you have for coffee olomide? Or diamonds. Or nameless. So they are ashamed. There are people who are ashamed. They are, not, they are ashamed of the gospel. They are Christians, but they are ashamed. They don't want people to know that they are born again. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Somebody shout I am not ashamed. Shout, shout louder. I am not ashamed. Yes, you should not be ashamed. People at the place of work should know that you serve God and you are born again. Your family should know that you serve God and you are born again. And you are not ashamed to be called a Christian. Hallelujah. After this service, you must buy a t-shirt for the church. And wear it on Saturday. And let people know that you are not ashamed of the church. You are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, I'm watching you. Number three, why some believers are not willing to market the church is because of intimidation. You see, marketing by itself is not a very easy thing. I see it on the streets. I see it in the malls. I see, you know, a marketer with a flyer is approaching people and sometimes when he is talking to someone, this someone, this someone that he's talking, this person that he's talking to or she's talking to pretends as if he's not even listening or she's not even listening to what this guy is saying or what the lady is saying. It's a hard thing. Or you, 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 you can see that the person takes the flyer and as soon as this marketer leaves, throws the flyer. It's not an easy thing. Or some of them, when you talk to them, they, 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 they scold you. They tell you, you think I'm very, I'm very idle that you're coming to tell me these things. You know? They abuse them. So it, it can be intimidating. It can, be, can you imagine talking to somebody who is not even looking at you? Who is not even responding to you? Who is even telling you, yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard. Please go, 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 go. I've heard. It can be intimidating. If you get such a response like five times or six times or seven times, you feel like going home. 
it can really be intimidating. And there are people, because of some nasty experiences they went through when they were trying to talk about the church and they were trying to talk about Jesus, it has come to a place where they are intimidated by their past and nasty experience that they don't feel like they can actually do it. They are demoralized, they are frustrated, they are discouraged because they always remember the experience they went through. They went to talk to somebody about the church and then that person abused them. They went to talk to somebody about Jesus and then that person mocked them. So they are intimidated by this assignment. But Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whenever I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul was telling the Philippian brethren that look, no matter what happens, I want to hear that you are standing fast. You are standing fast. You are not intimidated. You are standing fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You have not allowed intimidation to silence you. You have not allowed fear to silence you. You have not allowed your past nasty experience when you went out there to talk about Jesus to silence you. You stand fast, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That means you come to a place where, regardless of your past nasty experience, you will still market the church. You will still market Jesus. Even if they mocked you, they abused you, they ignored you, they ignored you, you know, they called you names because you went out there to talk about the church, to talk about Jesus, you will not allow your past experience to muzzle you, to silence you, you will still stand strong. You will still contend and strive together for the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here listening to me, you're telling me, Pastor, I tried it, but it didn't work. Do it again. I went out and people laughed at me. Do it again. I went out there and I did not receive any positive response from the people I tried to reach out to. Do it again. Touch your neighbor and tell them, do it again and again and again and again and again. And one of these days you will have a testimony. There will be somebody in church who will say, because you never gave up on me, I got saved. Because you never gave up on me, I came to your church. Because you never gave up on this noble cause, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I pray for you that you will not be intimidated. I pray for you that you will not succumb to fear. I pray for you that you will not succumb to shame in the name of Jesus. You will conquer all these forces and become a consistent marketer of the church and what the church offers. Can I hear a louder amen? Because when you become a consistent marketer of the church and what the church offers, you become a valuable member of the church. Let's look at the examples of great marketers in the Bible. Number one is the great company. The great company. Psalm chapter 68 and verse number 11. The Bible says, the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those 
who proclaimed it. The Lord gave the word, but there are guys who took the word of God. Great was the company of those who published it. Another verse translation says published. I think it's King James Version. Uh, can you give me KJV? The Lord gave the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of those who published it. You know, when I think about publishing, I think about books. You see, I'm an author and I've written several books. Praise and Worship Explained, Making Great Decisions, Change the Trajectory of Your Life, Overcoming Shame, The Process of a Promise, The Manuals that you're doing here, I'm the one who put them together. You know? Yeah. So, um, when I think about publishing, I think about books, you know. And by the way, more books are coming this year. Yeah, we're working with, we are working, we're working to make sure that we release more books this year for you to be able to read. Amen. Hallelujah. So, publishing has to do with taking what is in the subconscious mind and making it public. All these books you see, they were somewhere in my subconscious mind. You know, these are thoughts. These are ideas. These are principles. So when you read my books, you step into the sacred mental womb of my subconscious mind where ideas are incubated and you get to interact with my intellectual flair. <laughs> in other words, when you read my books, I invite you to the deepest part of my being where thoughts are formed. In other words, when you read a book, you are having mental intercourse with the author. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it getting to where you are? You get to interact with how the author thinks. That's why me, I love books. Because what took an author 10 years to put together, I can have it in a week. I can have it in a week. I can be able to gain access into the womb of his mental prowess and understand things that took him 10 years, 20 years to try and figure out. That's why you have to read. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. Say that quickly. Say it as you listen to what your neighbor is saying. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. Some of you, there is no difference. Leaders are leaders and leaders are leaders, isn't it? Oh, readers are readers and readers are readers. So, re publishing has to do with taking something that is hidden in the subconscious mind and making it public. So, the Bible here says that the Lord gave the word and then there was a great company that took that word and they did what? And they published it. They marketed the word that God had already spoken about. You see, we must come to a place where we market what God has given unto us. We must become part of this great company. God has given us the church. God has given us fellowship. God has given us love. God has given us grace. God has granted us forgiveness. We must take this message out there. We must publish the blessings we have received, what we have received. We have to go to the community. We have to go to our neighborhood. We have 
We have to reach out to our friends and publish these wonderful thoughts that God has made them a reality in our lives today. Look at it and tell them, become a publisher. May God raise up kingdom publishers in this house. I say, may God raise up kingdom publishers in this house who will go out there and publish the church. Publish what the church is offering. Publish the grace of God. Publish the love of God. Publish the goodness of God to this dying world. And right now we have so many platforms. We have, we have social media. You have your own account that you can control. There is YouTube. There is Facebook. There is Instagram. There is TikTok. There is uh, Twitter. You can go to all these social platforms and use your own account to be able to publish these good things that God has granted unto you. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, publish the sermons. Some of you, when we go to your wall, we are surprised. The things that you have published. We are really surprised. Tell your neighbor, sometimes you surprise me. When I go to your page, I wonder if you are a Christian. What are you publishing? What message are you sending across? Some of you, your page doesn't even have a single sermon. But it has funny videos. No single sermon. Nothing about God. Nothing about what God has said. Nothing about the message you received on Sunday. But you publish every other thing. Very funny, terrible um, videos. Those are the ones you have published. Huh? With a caption. The world is coming to an end. You know the videos people like, isn't it? Those are the ones you have published. Somebody got stuck with another woman somewhere in her hotel. You put it, the world is coming to an end. No scripture. No short clip. No comment about the word of God, about what God is doing. You don't even use your page to reach out to the world. It's time you change. Become a marketer of the church. Become a marketer of Jesus. Some of you, even your wall does not show that you come to this church. Your wall shows that you are a member of another church, not a member of this church. Oh my goodness. The church is quiet, but I'm going to preach anyway. I told you your silence can never silence me. When we go to your wall, we see prophets. Tell your neighbor, he's coming. He was warming up. He's coming. I can feel him. He's almost arriving. We just see prophets from Senegal, prophets from India, prophets from Brazil, prophets from wherever. But anything to do with your church, there is nothing. Nothing on your page shows that you come to this church. And every Sunday you are here. The devil is a liar. You have to change. Start marketing your church. Start marketing the messages of your pastor. My goodness, my messages are very anointed. So you should start marketing. We should see, when we go to your page, we should see small clips, messages. You have shared the service. 
Ask your neighbor, when was the last time you even shared the live service on your walk? When is the last time? Did they say now? I'm doing it now. Nothing on your page. Some of you, if you go to your page right now, it's about Putin. How bombs are landing in Ukraine. Tell your neighbor, I'm changing. I'm repenting, I'm changing. You are not proud of your church. You are not proud of what happens here. You are not even happy about the word of God that is being preached here. You are ashamed of us. You don't like us. You don't love us. You don't want us in your space. Sad. We have even taken your picture. A picture. As we took your picture while you were watching. You cannot put it on your page. I'm coming. This side, you're very quiet, but I'll arrive. You cannot. What are you hiding? It seems there's something you are hiding. You don't want people to know you are a child of God, you are saved, you are a believer, and you go to church. Join the great company. I say join the great company. I say join the great company. By Sunday, by Monday, we should be trending. I prophesy we shall be trending very soon. Our pictures will be all over the place. Our videos will be all over the place. On your walls, your friends will see. Your colleagues will see. And they will tell you, oh, you also go to this church. They say, yes. That's my church. This is what was preached on Sunday. And I'm happy. My pastor is anointed. Let me send you a link. You listen to this message. But your page, secular music, diamonds. I influence you on Sunday, but Monday to Friday is diamond. Tell your neighbor I'm changing. I feel convicted. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, give me the scriptures quickly. We have a long way to go. Now Saul was consenting to his death. And that time a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 2. And devout, devout, devout men carried Steve to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Verse 4. Therefore, read together with me. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere. Doing what? Preaching the word. They went everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Publishing the word of God. Publishing the word of God. Because of you, the word of God will be everywhere. I say because of you, the word of God will be everywhere. Because of you, the church will be everywhere. Hey! 
your car has a sticker for Taj Mahal and it was demolished. It is no longer there. And you don't have a sticker for the church. And we have stickers here. It has a sticker, I fuel at oil Libya or whatever. I fuel at Shell. It has, it is there. It has a sticker, baby on board. But anything about God, anything about Jesus, anything about the church is not there. These people went everywhere. Put something on your car so that everywhere you go, everywhere you go, even if you're not talking, you're preaching. You're preaching. You're marketing the church. You're marketing Jesus. Am I talking to somebody in this house? Look at them and tell them I'm changing. This message is, 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 is rebuking me. I'm changing. Number two, another marketer that we see is the Samaritan woman. Is a Samaritan woman. Now, in August of 2013, two Kenyan men shocked this nation when they got married to one wife in Mombasa. I don't know if you remember that story. In 2018, there was another story about a 35-year-old woman in Makweni who had married two husbands. And because they were fighting, he decided to come up with a rota. So you know the day you visit her. So you, you come Monday to Wednesday. And then you now, you're becoming Wednesday, Thursday to Friday. And then another one can come on Saturday. And then another one can come on Sunday. I don't want you guys to be meeting here. Because when you meet, you fight. Some women are powerful. I see men do that, but when a woman does it, she's on another level. Two men. Some even three, some four. And they agree. That's what we call polyandry. But also, I want you to know that polyandry is not a new phenomenon. In John chapter 4, there's a story of a Samaritan woman there who had six husbands. Six. The only day she rested was one day in a week. Hey, that woman is a bulldozer, man. One for Monday, another one for Tuesday, another one for Wednesday, another one for Thursday, another one for Friday. Then Saturday is Sabbath. And then Sunday. What a woman. How many ladies here will you want to have six husbands? Ask a lady next to you. Are you saying the truth? <laughs> huh? They are laughing. So that if the one for Monday is boring, you maximize on the one for Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> Someone say mercy. So this woman met Jesus, and Jesus was the seventh man. I'm sure she was having plans. Because Jesus was handsome. Very handsome, well-dressed. You see, Jesus dressed so nicely that when he died, people were fighting over his clothes. It sounds like a community I know in this country. 
Anyway, let's move on swiftly. They started having a conversation and then Jesus diagonized her problem and ministered to her. Then when you look at verse 28, there's something I want to show you here. After Jesus ministered to her, there was a change that took place in her life. Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot. She came to draw water for the six men. But she met Jesus, the seventh man. May you meet the seventh man in the name of Jesus. And seventh is, seven is a number of perfection. When, when she met the seventh man, her life was changed. And all of a sudden she realized that there is something I've been looking for in man. But finally, I have found it. My soul was thirsty. My heart was thirsty. There was something I was looking for. And all these men were not filling the voidness that is in my heart. So she left the, pot of, the water pot and went her way into the city and said to the man in the city, verse 29, quickly, 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 come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came to him. She went out there to the city. That is the city of Samaria. And she talked to everybody in the city. Marketed Jesus in the entire city of Samaria. And brought all these people to Jesus. What a woman. Jump to verse 39. Let's see what the Bible says here. Verse 39. Uh, and many, read with me, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. They believed because there was a woman who was part of the great company who took the word and went and published it in the city. And guys came to Jesus. Women are powerful. Women, I want you to know that you are very influential. That you have even the power of keeping six men. The ability, the potential to keep six men. Three men, two men. You have the ability to convince a man to eat a fruit that God said he should not eat. Women, you are so influential that even these companies that are trying to advertise products, they use you. They use you. They use your body. They put you on billboards. Because they know a man cannot escape. <laughs> he will stop and look. That's why they use you to advertise anything. Milk. Cooking oil. Biro pens. Cars. Ice cream. <laughs> Everything. They use your body. Because they know your body has curves that are attractive to the people who have money. The people who have money are men. <laughs> have you noticed most advertisements, they have to put a woman there? Isn't it true? If you see an advertisement about man, it's just a few, but most of them because women, the way God has created them, they have influence. They can influence. And I've seen it even in the church. A lot of husbands who leave the church, it starts with the, the wife. 
When the wife hates the pastor, it's, it's done. It's finished. The man will try and come, try and come, come alone, come alone, come alone, come alone, come alone. Then before you know, he starts skipping. When you ask him, he says, it's my wife. I want to please my wife. Women! You women! I fear you. I fear you. Very influential. Very influential. Look at Samson. He fell because of a woman. Yeah. And look, Delilah was not giving Samson sex. No. Delilah was just giving Samson her thigh. Just the thigh here. Brings the head. Pam. Say, I'm your pillow, Samson. Relax. You have done ministry. Stroking, stroking his head. Massaging. That's why if you're not massaging your husband, you are, you are, you are stealing from him. Massaging and Samson feels like, oh yeah. So he was receiving massaging from, massage from both sides. On top and beneath. I'm telling you. Oh. If you're seated next to a woman, tell her, I fear you people. You people are dangerous. <laughs> and so, women, use your influence to market the church. Use your influence positively to bring people to the house of God. Oh, women are not supporting me in this house. Be like the Samaritan woman. I'm surprised when I read that scripture. We can interpret it differently. But the Bible says she went and reached out to all men. Men. She knew how to talk to men. How are you, sir? Can I approach? <laughs> I have a message for you. There's somebody I met. He has turned my life around. And I want you also to meet that particular person. And you'll be surprised. Yes, you'll be surprised. One time I was in a barber shop. I'll not tell you which one. It was not in this country. It was somewhere. In a country that begins with a K. And in that bar barber shop, I... <laughs> we were seated, we were being shaved and stuff like that and then after that you see they wash our heads and then they massage us so <laughs> there was a guy a man came to massage him. he said who are you why are you touching me? Don't touch me. Bring a lady to massage me. <laughs> Even Pastor is asking, but how? <laughs> oh, mercy Lord. Yeah, you'll be amazed. So, 
Women, use your influence. Market the church. Bring people to the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apart from just taking pictures of your belly. Bring people to the house of God. Hallelujah. Yes, we know your belly is nice. But there is a greater purpose. <laughs> there is a greater purpose in this. Bring people to the house of God. Can I hear an amen? The ladies are very quiet today. Bring people to the house of Market the church. And tell people this is the church that has changed my life. Number four. I have to finish. Three. Philip. Philip. <laughs> Acts chapter 8. If we can read there quickly. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Give me the scripture. Acts chapter 8. Are you getting blessed this morning? Are you going to be a marketer of the church? A marketer of Jesus? Oh, yes. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. The Samaritan woman went to Samaria. Philip is also going to Samaria. And preached Christ to them. Verse 6. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 7. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed, and lame were healed. Verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. One man brought joy in a city. One man went to a city, marketed Jesus, demonstrated the power of God, marketed the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. People were healed. People were saved. And joy came to the entire city. Uh, to the entire city. What a man. Then what happened? Verse 10. My goodness. May God use you to bring joy to a city. I say may God use you to bring joy to a city in Jesus name. You will move to a neighborhood and then joy will come to that neighborhood. You will move to a place and then joy will come to that place. Because of what you carry, you become a marketer of joy. Marketer of peace. Marketer of healing. Marketer of salvation. Marketer of Jesus. Marketer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Marketer of the church. And you will bring joy in that particular place. Hey, I love it. But there was a certain man who had a different product. Who was also in that city. Alright? Called Simon. Who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. So there was a product that was being sold by another guy in the same, same city before Philip came. Then what happened? Verse 10. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying, this man is the great power of God. Verse 11. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. So there was a product already in that city. What was the product? Sorcery. And people bought into it. They believed in it. Which, which, which I'm telling you was, was a deception. But thank God for Philip. He came with another product. But when they believed Philip, he preached the things concerning, concerning the kingdom of God. And the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. How about verse 13? 
Then Simon, my goodness, the one who was selling another product, also he, he believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. May God use you. I say may God use you as a great kingdom salesman to sell the message of the kingdom which will bring joy, which will bring healing, which will bring salvation and hope in your neighborhood in the name of Jesus. Touch your neighbor and tell them, I am the Philip of this generation. I gotta move quickly. Number four. A man who was delivered from demonic oppression. Luke chapter eight. As we are getting ready to go to this verse, I know you are listening to me and you're saying, oh, pastor, how can I do it? I am not gifted. I am not talented. I am not an eloquent speaker. But this story will be an encouragement to you. Luke chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. This is a man who was bound, you know. Then they sailed, the Bible says, to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, they met him, a certain man from the city, who had demons for a long time. My God. And he wore no clothes. Can you imagine? For a long time, you're walking naked. Naked. And this is a man. He's somebody's son, somebody's brother. Walking naked. Can you imagine walking naked? You. Can you even come out of your house? But this guy was walking naked because he was under demonic oppression. You see, when demons oppress you, you can do crazy stuff. Things that when they told you, that this is what you used to do. You'll be surprised yourself. Naked. Wore no clothes. Nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. He's naked, and then he lives in a cemetery. It's like going to live at Langata Cemetery, and you have no clothes. You live there. Some of you cannot even stand a cross planted in the ground. Will you sleep? I remember one time, we used to wake up. In the, I used to play hockey. We used to wake up very early at five to go to the pitch, to go and run. The school where we were in was bordering a cemetery. So we used to have a very naughty guy. He could go to the cemetery with a white, with a white sheet and cover himself. And then he used to time the guys who were dragging behind. Because we were supposed to do like 10 rounds around the pitch. So he used to time them. So when he sees these guys are dragging themselves, he comes from the cemetery with this white sheet. I'm telling you, guys used to take off like a bullet. They receive supernatural strength. Because everybody is afraid of anything that comes from the cemetery. Isn't it true? Oh, yes. If somebody is dead and we are crying, oh, we miss you, we love you, God love you, and then that person wakes up, you'll be surprised what will happen. You will be surprised. This guy was living in the tombs, naked. That was a hard life. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you? Now demons are speaking through him. Jesus, son of the most high, I beg you, do not torment me. Verse 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bones and was driven by the demons into the wilderness. They were controlling him. Nobody could chain him. He was unchained. He was unbound. And they were determining where he goes, where he lives, and how he conducts himself. Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion. Because many demons had entered him. Verse 31. And they begged him 
that he will not command them to go out into the abyss. Now, a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Verse 33. Then the demons went out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. There are people who say, I cannot eat pigs because of this. I want to, I want to, to, to educate you. All the demons, all the pigs that had demons died. Isn't it? And no demon will enter you because you are eating. Demons don't enter through the mouth. Then those who fed them saw that saw what had happened. They fled and told it to the city and in the community, in the country. Verse 35. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus. I love that picture cloth and in his right mind. They even gave him garments to wear. And in his right mind. And they were afraid. My goodness. Because they had never seen something like this. They also, they also who had seen it told them by what means he had been demon possessed. By what means who had been demon possessed was healed. Verse 37. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the gatherings ask him to depart from them. Look, Jesus has just helped a man. Now they tell him, get out. Go, leave our city. Because they had never experienced something like that before. I thought they would say, oh Jesus, we have a lot of mad men in this city. Please come and sort out this problem. They chased him. They want him to get out of the city. For they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. You see, Jesus did not stay in that city because they did not welcome him. Can you imagine how many people could have been delivered if Jesus stayed in that city? That's how we miss our moment of visitation. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged Jesus. Say, please Jesus, I want to be with you. Please don't leave me. But Jesus did what? He sent him away saying, look at verse 39, return to your house. Can we read together? To your house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Look at this man. And I look at verse, do you have verse 40? So it was, okay. He went everywhere, the entire city. And what did he do? He proclaimed. He marketed Jesus. He talked about what had happened to him. I'm sure he went house after house telling people, do you know me? They say, hey, I'm the naked man who was living in the tombs. What happened to you? Jesus saved me. Jesus healed me. And because he healed me, he can also heal you. He became a great evangelist. So you are here, you are saying, oh, I'm not eloquent. I have not gone to the Bible school. I don't have a certificate. I have not been anointed. I have not been appointed to be a pastor. How can I go out there? Share your story. Tell people how Jesus had turned your life around. Tell people how the church has turned your life around. Tell people, let me tell you, when I, go to that, when I went to that church, I was broken. I was hopeless. I didn't have in front and, and behind. You understand what it means? 
Uh -huh. But when I get to the, I go to the church, I started listening to the sermons. My pastor prayed for me. My pastor encouraged me. And look at me now. I can smile. Things have shifted in my life. I came, I didn't have a job. Now I have a job. I came, I was broken. Look at me. I'm now whole. I came, I didn't have a car. Now I'm driving a car. I came, I could not even stand and speak before the people. Now I can be able to speak before the people. You don't need a degree to be a marketer of the church. You just need to testify of the goodness of the Lord, of the mercies of the Lord, of the healing of the Lord, of the deliverance of the Lord, of the blessings of the Lord upon your life. Can I get a witness in this house? Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, he has done so much for me. I can't be quiet. How dare you be quiet? And you know where Jesus picked you from. How dare you be quiet? And you know how the church has been a blessing to you. How dare you be quiet? And you know how broken you were. How hopeless you were. How you didn't have in front and behind. You have to tell the world what God has accomplished in your life. You have to tell your community how the church has been a blessing to you. You have to tell your colleagues how broken, busted, and disgusted you were. But the city of transformation has brought transformation in your life. Look at what the Lord has done in my life. I was sickly. Now I'm healed. I was poor. Now I'm rich. I was hopeless. Now I am focused. Can I get a witness in this house? Look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. You have to say something. You have to say something. The days of you being quiet are over. Let the caretaker know what Jesus has done for you. Let your colleagues know what the church has done for you. Let your friends and your enemies know how the church has been a blessing to you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of salvation. Shout yeah. Shout aloud yeah. I prophesy over your life today. If you came here needing a miracle, may this church transform your life. May the power of Jesus that is, is, is in this house change your life in the name of Jesus. If you came here confused, may you find direction. If you came here broken, may you be mended. May you become whole in the name of Jesus. If you came here afraid, may you receive boldness and confidence in the name of Jesus. I prophesy nobody under the sound of my voice will leave this sanctuary the same. Live with your blessing. Live with your miracle. Live with your breakthrough. May you testify of the goodness of the Lord in your life in the name of Jesus. Shout yeah. Please help me preach. I have a few minutes. Touch your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. I'm about to testify of how this church has been a blessing in my life. That neighbor didn't hear you. Get another neighbor and tell another neighbor, neighbor, I'm about to testify 
of the goodness of the Lord through the city of transformation. I declare everybody under the sound of my voice one thing that people will see in your life is transformation. You can't be in the city of transformation and remain the same. The devil is a liar. There will be transformation in your life. If you believe it, shout yeah. There will be transformation in your marriage. There will be transformation in your finances. There will be transformation in your family. There will be transformation in your business. There will be transformation in your body. There will be transformation in every area of your life. If you believe it, shout yeah. Shout a Holy Ghost, yeah. Go over to five people and tell them transformation is coming. Transformation is coming. Transformation is coming. My goodness, I'm out of time. But I'm not out of prophecy. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Transformation is coming. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. I see it in your house. I see it in your finances. I see it in your business. I see it in your marriage. Get ready for transformation. And when it happens, everybody will see it. Your neighbors will see it. Your brothers will see it. Your siblings will see it. And one day, you will say, the day I came to this church was the best day of my life. Was the best decision of my life. Because this church has transformed my life. And you'll go out and ask, and people will ask you, hey, you have changed. You tell them, look, I have a secret. Can I tell you the secret? This Sunday, meet me at the city of transformation. Because that's where transformation took place. If you come there, I promise you, your life, your family, your children, your finances, will never ever 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 remain the same again shout yeah shout a holy ghost yeah ah! you must become a marketer consistent marketer of the church and what it offers. Because this is indeed the city of transformation. You can't come and remain the same. It's impossible. And people will see it and you have to tell them the secret. Let me read one scripture as you are standing. Beautiful scripture. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7. My time is up. The Bible says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who proclaims peace 
who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. God will beautify your feet when you become a marketer of good news. Hallelujah. May he beautify your life and your feet. I say, may he beautify your life and your feet. Even as you talk about church and what it offers. Lift up your hands for a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be great marketers. Mm, prakata. Help us, Lord. We will go. Through all the world we go. Through all the world we go. Market the church. The yes is from three people. Huh? I say you're going to market the church. How many people are you going to reach? Five people. And you bring them to church. Everybody take five, five, five. Quickly, quickly, quickly. That is the altar call. I don't even need to pray. Five. TPM, move very quickly. Lucy, move, 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 move. Somebody help, quickly. Let's help and move very fast. Pastors, you can help. Let's move quickly. I need more brochures here quickly. Everybody get five. We will go. Let's sing. We will go into all the world we go. Into all the world we go.
becomes a marketer today. Kingdom marketer of the church and what it offers. Draw those five people from every hand that is lifted to the house of God in the name of Jesus. They will not resist our message. All sinners will come. All sinners will come. All sinners will come. All those people we are going to invite they will come to your house and be planted. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Clap your hands and celebrate God for the five people you are going to bring. I need to hear a shout of victory in the house. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.